Now, over this weekend, I am going to talk a little bit about judgment. And judgment is something when you first get introduced to it, it's going to appear as though it's your enemy. But I'll teach you to love it. Judgment is not your enemy. Judgment is the very thing that will deliver you from pride. So I asked God, I said, God, when I teach on the subject of judgment, everybody freaks out and they try to quit and then they can't, then they feel hopeless, and then they're like all messed up again. So how do I help them with this judgment thing? Give me something simple. If you're writing, take this down. Judgment is the fabric used by the Holy Ghost to fashion your garments of humility that deliver you from the pride of life. Judgment is the fabric used by the Holy Ghost to fashion your garments of humility that deliver you from the pride of life. The reason I ask for that is because when you first really see judgment, it is not easy to look at. The Holy Spirit came to reveal righteousness, judgment, and sin. God asked me one day, Angela, do you know what righteousness, judgment, and sin are? And I said, sure I do. He said, oh, really? Maybe the Holy Ghost is here for no reason then. I was like, oh, I'm being presumptuous, huh? I was like, okay, God, maybe I don't know. But I was told. Who told you, Angela? Well, my teachers. Well, who are your teachers, Angela? Well, you know, my leaders, God. Well, who, who are your leaders? Who told them what righteousness, judgment, and sin are? I don't know. Probably their teachers. So see, the question is, who's your teacher? Who do you go to for answers? If I'm your teacher, I'm going to teach you I'm not your teacher. I'm going to teach you the Holy Ghost is your teacher and shall teach you all things. That's your real teacher. So how do we start today? That was your introduction. We're going to start talking about how you were created. Some of this will be a little bit redundant for those who are here Wednesday night. However, I don't think you'll mind. God created us in his likeness and image. That is a foundation for you. When you understand that, then you will see yourself as you are and you will see that you are loved, and you will see that everything is for you, nothing is against you, and even if something is against you, God is working it out for your good so that you can see him in it, and, and God's not bound by time. And if you are made in God's image, you don't know it yet, but you're not bound by time. You're not bound by time. Why? If you're made in God's image and he's past, present, and future, guess what you are? Past, present, and future. I'll prove it to you. Can you close your eyes right now and remember something that happened in your past? Sure can, can't you? Can you open your eyes and just pay attention to the seat that you're sitting on, the temperature in the room, the feeling in your feet, whether your eyes are clear or not, and all the things around you, and can you live in the present? You just did. And can you wonder about tomorrow and how long you will live? And can you wonder about what will happen and whether your bills will get paid or how they'll get paid or maybe they won't get paid? Can you wonder about your car? Can you wonder about your education? Can you wonder about your children? That's the future. See, you're not bound to be in 
in any one. As a matter of fact, most of us don't even live in the present. We live in the past, worrying about the future. God said, call those things that are not as though they are. Jesus said, I don't even do anything unless I see my Father do it. That means he saw it before it got here. I was working with a woman yesterday, and I saw myself adjust her back. I'm like, I'm not a chiropractor. I'm not adjusting that woman's back. I ain't doing that. And I saw myself again. So I get up, and I was like, would you mind turning on your side? Would you be okay if I did this? She was in pain, about a level of a 10. And I did what I saw myself do in my mind. Her back moved. Have I ever done that before in front of no. you? She's like, wow, is there anything you can't do? I'm like, I don't know. I'm thinking, I'm not doing that. My mind argued with me. But I saw myself do it before I did it. That was the future. See, when you begin to walk in hearing the Holy Spirit and seeing, you will actually say what you hear the Father say and you will do what you see the Father do. Is that not what Jesus said we should be doing? Like, do we believe him? Or we think he just said cutesy things? He said that greater works will you do. Are you going to give up on those greater works or are you going to press in and get to them? See, the reason you're here is because I believe that part of my job, part of my mandate, part of my destiny is to wake you up to who you are. You are already the image of God in the earth. And the earth is groaning, waiting for you to wake up. So what is the image of God? What does it look like? It looks like male and female and child. Positive, negative, neutral. And God made everything out of particles and waves. And the first putting together or the first manifestation of the particle and the wave coming together so that it could be observed is an atom, A-T-O-M. Isn't it interesting that everything's made out of an atom and we all came from Adam? Do you think that's an accident? It's not an accident. I asked God one time, why did sin have to enter the earth? Why did Adam and Eve have to eat from that tree and cause all this outflow or overflow or whatever you want to call it, like backlash? He said, Angela, don't you know it takes the splitting of an atom to fuse two atoms? What? Yeah, you know the bomb in Hiroshima? See, that was a splitting of an atom. See all the aftermath of that? That's what the earth is still experiencing. But you think destruction is the end when I know destruction is only the beginning. Look at a seed. It's destroyed, but it only brings forth life. So the splitting of Adam and Eve was really only multiplication. You just didn't know it. And it took the splitting of that Adam, Adam and Eve, to fuse two Adams, first Adam and second Adam, us and Christ. Do you know what the sun is? Anybody here a scientist? What is it? Of what? Atoms. It's fusion of atoms. And what does it produce? Light. It's also called a water maker because of the hydrogen. And sun brings the water out of things. Hydrogen is called the water maker. H2O. You know what? In the word Yahweh, it's 
Ya, uh, ya, hey, vod, hey. There's two H's in it, but there's one O. Am I speaking a new language? I am that, aren't I? I'm speaking a whole new. Yod, hey, vav, hey. Hey is the letter H. There's two H's in the name of God. There's two breaths. The breath of God received into the breath of Adam. And there's only one perception, one O. The letter O means eyeball. It means perceive. It means to see fully, not to see half. See how that's the letter C? This is the letter O. Take man, connect him with God, and then he can see. God's always an O. God is a wheel, and when we get complete, we become a wheel inside of a wheel. We become one with God. I understand that I'm talking to you in a language that you're confused a little bit. Am I right? Why am I doing this? Because I'm opening you up to a new way of thinking. It's almost like going into your first algebra class. My first algebra class, y plus 2 equals 4. Why? Why does plus 2 equal 4? Why don't you say what plus 2 equals 4? Why say why plus 2 equals 4? Just say what. Then I would understand it. I didn't know the y was a place value or a, an open space for anything's possible. Tell me what goes in there. I was thinking why plus 2 equals 4. I don't know why plus 2 equals 4. <laughs> Hey, what are you talking about? See, that's what's happening to you right now. When I learned my time tables, they were teaching me like to remember them. And I got home and I said, Mama, I can't remember these things. They don't make sense. She said, baby, I'm going to show you what it means. Now, why my teacher didn't give me this information? I went back and I was like, why didn't you tell me this? But this is what my mom told me. First, I'm going to tell you how confused I was. Why? Because I want to validate where you are because I can't really take you where I want you to go until you think that I know a little bit about what I'm saying. I'm not crazy. Okay? I, I Think about this. If 2 plus 2 equals 4 and 2 times 2 equals 4, then I thought 2 plus 3 equals 5, 2 times 3 equals 5. I was like, well, why does it equal 6? That doesn't make sense. If 2 plus 2 equals 4 and 2 times 2 equals 4, then 2 plus 3 equals 5 and 2 times 3 should equal 5. You see my analogy as a little bitty girl in the third grade? So Mama said, oh, no, baby, you don't know what times means. I was like, no, I don't. They just keep telling me what it equals, but I can't figure it out. She said, baby, what if I sent you to the store to get me two apples? And you got back and I said, oh, baby, I'm sorry you have to go a second time, but I need two more apples. Would you go get me two more apples? So if you go to the store two times and get two apples, how many apples do you have? So we actually drew it on a piece of paper, walking back and forth and getting the two apples and two more. I was like, what equals four? I'm like, Mom, I already got that one. Okay, now let's do two apples, but I'm going to send you to the store three times. So we draw it out. Two apples, two apples, two apples. She said, now count them. Oh my God, Mom, it's six. That's why, because you went to the store three times and got two, and it equals six. That's how I understood my timetable. She made sense. She didn't ask me to memorize it. So what I'm doing to you right now, I understand it's like an algebra class. I understand it's a different language. Hang in there with me. This tonight and tomorrow is going to open you up to a new way of thinking.
I'll give you another example of God talking to me in a language that doesn't make any sense at first. Did you know without darkness you can't see? That's what God told me. I was like, no, without light you can't see. That was my answer. And God said, Angela, what if I put two lights in your eyes, like at the doctor's office at the same time, what would you see? I said, well, nothing. He said, exactly. Without darkness you can't see. I was like, oh. So do you know that your eyeball squeezes out light? Isn't that right? It squeezes it, doesn't it? Go look in Isaiah 45 where it said God formed the light. Do you know what it really means? God squeezed out the light. It's the same word. Same thing your eyeballs do. And then the next, in that same sentence, and God formed the darkness. You know what it says there? What, what the word formed means? Fed you darkness. Why would God feed me darkness? Doesn't that sound confusing? Doesn't that sound like, don't feed me no darkness? It means to feed you an absence. How can you feed me an absence? What color is my shirt? Orange. That's what you thought it was, but it's really not, is it? My shirt is feeding you melon. It's holding on to every other color but melon. The fabric is receiving the light from this room and absorbing every ray of the light except that which equals melon. And that melon bounces off of my shirt and feeds your eyes. It fed you darkness. See, darkness is an absence of something. It's not a presence of something. So now we're going to go back to the atom. The atom is a positive. That means a giver. The atom is a negative. That means an absence. A receiver. And the atom is a neutral. It means all things are possible. So why do we have a neutral in an atom? Because everything that is God created, including you, including me, is always seeking a balance or harmony. So when there's an atomic weight of something, that neutral in the atom will become whatever it needs to be to bring balance. Anybody in here in chemistry? You in chemistry? Anybody? Am I accurate? Seeking a balance. That's why we need a neutral. It really means all things are possible. Christ is the Son in whom all things are possible. He's the neutral. God the Father, God the Mother, and the Son. Father, Holy Spirit, Son. How was Adam created? In the likeness and the image of God, male and female created He them. See, we haven't been taught about the negative, and that's why I'm here. I'm here to teach you how important the negative is because if you don't have the negative, you do not have dunamis. Do you know what dunamis is? Power. You cannot have light without a negative. You cannot have electricity without a negative. I would love it if I could do this because it would be like so cool, but you wouldn't agree to it. But wouldn't you like it if I said, reach under your chair and there's a prize like Oprah? And you get it out, it's a 9-volt battery. And I tell you, okay, just put your tongue on one portal. Pick one, positive or the negative, I don't care which one. But only one portal. 
and you put your tongue on one portal. Let's just say, oh, I like positive. I like, I'm think. I'm gonna think positive. Uh, positive. Nothing. Nothing. Positive. Nothing. Positive. Nothing. Okay. Oh well, I'm gonna think negative. I'm just gonna think negative. I don't like negative. But I'll think it. Nothing. Well, Angel doesn't do anything. Oh well, just put the two together. Go ahead and try both. Uh. <laughs> Why? Because when you have both, you have power. That's what this weekend is about. That you will learn to embrace the negatively charged ion. That's really what this is about. Don't you want power in your life? Don't you need power for change and transformation and whatever your needs are? Do you know that you can work till the cows come home and you can make all the bricks of Egypt and all you're going to have is a pyramid for someone else? Joseph came and fed the people in Egypt and went into prison, all that different stuff, and he delivered the people. God used slavery to deliver us. Why? Why would God use slavery to deliver us? Because you've got to be sick and tired of slavery before you'll come out of it. And then once you come out of it, you have to believe that nothing's too big for God and you have to believe that everything is too big for you. Everything is too big for you. You have to be fully persuaded that you cannot make yourself white. Do you know what it means to make bricks? Don't look it up in the Hebrew. It means to make yourself white. That's why Jesus called the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you're whitewashed tombs, but you're full of your own dead bones. You know what a bone is? It's a word. Romans 1 and 20. This is a key verse for everything you hear me teach. Everything that God created reveals that which is unseen, including the eternal Godhead and power, and we are without excuse. So everything that God created, and everything means everything. It actually says everything created. It didn't even say that God created. So even if a man created something and God gave him the wisdom, it still has revelatory information in it. So everything that's created is revealing something so bones are revealing something so i'm going to tell you how i learned this because i didn't learn it from man nor in school i'm driving to work i'm going down the road looking at the sunrise listening to my christian music driving and a cartoon shows up in front of my eyes a cartoon it looks like i'm watching sesame street while i'm driving and it's the word word written with little bitty bones. And they, the word comes in front of me, then they all fall in a little pile, and the cartoon disappears. I'm like, what was that? That's so weird. And God said, words are bones. Look them up. Look them up. What? Google, does word mean bones? Can't find it like that. Google says, uh, are you human? Are you stupid? So I go, God, how is words bones? He said, Angela, don't when somebody say something, you even say, I hung on every word he said. Your bones are a framework for all of your flesh, your power, your strength. And words are the framework through which you live your life. It's your belief framework is out of words. And he says, and doesn't the bones hold the marrow that creates the blood? Yeah. 
And isn't the bones what connects everything together? And that, that is where the joints are and the sinew and the, and the tendons and all that, and the ligaments and everything. Isn't that all connected together? One bone, hip bone connected to the leg bone, blah, blah, blah. Remember the Ezekiel song? Them bones, them bones, them dry bones, right? Oh, them bones. He said, prophesy what? The wind. Prophesy to the wind. Remember, Yah, hey, Bob, hey. So I look up the word, I'm continuing to look up the word bones, and I'm looking up marrow and everything, and I've realized that blood is what's made in the bone. And guess what the Bible says about blood? That's where the life is. And the blood goes through the heart. That's the main place, right? And out of the heart becomes what? All the issues of life. And out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth does what? Speaks. And what is in your speech? The power of life and death. Oh, that's how bones are words and words are bones. Oh, my gosh. God, I didn't know that. Then I started telling people that. They thought I was nuts. I said, Lord, I'm going to put a skull on my table. They're going to think I'm wicked and doing voodoo or something. And they was going to come in my house and it'll be a great centerpiece. They'll ask me what it is and I'll say, oh, that's grandfather. You want to talk to him? What grandfather? Oh, did you know that Father God's called your grandfather? Go look it up in Hebrew. Jesus was buried and hung at the place, well, he was hung, not buried, but he, he died at a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Do you know that every bone in your body declares the kingdom of God? You have a temporal lobe. You have a temple right here. Not that's not a temporal lobe, but they have a temple right here, right? Guess what happens to a, a serial killer, this part of the brain where the empathy is felt? It dies. It don't even work. The temple... The, the part of the brain behind the temple stops working and that's, that's what we know that happens in all serial killers. They have zero remorse. Why? Because the temple is dead. There's no life in the temple. Septum in the nose. I was working with a woman. She had a deviated septum to the left. I looked, at, looked up the word deviated septum. The word, uh, it led me to uh, perversion. And I asked the woman, I said, did you have incest on your father's side? She said, how do you know that? I said, I don't. I'm asking. She said, yes, my father was the first one to stop it. And there's four people in my family that have deviated septums. Had another man one time that had broke his femur on his left leg right above his knee. He said, Angela, are you sure about all this stuff with the body and the bones and your body can't lie? And, you know, that really our bodies tell everything? I said, well, he said, what about accidents? I said, I don't know. I'm just telling you what he's told me, but I haven't asked that question. Let's ask. I said, so what, how, did you, how did you break your femur? What happened? So he tells me a sudden accident, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, well, let's look it up. So I get my etymology, because remember, etymology is the study of words. And God created the earth by what? Word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And there was nothing that was created with that, that was not created with Christ, meaning the word. So I look up this word, femur, and I know what the knee means. The knee is our place that bends. It's the genuflector. It's the place that connects the soul to the rest of the body. And I know that shin and calf have to do with anger because I've studied all that. I've studied as many parts of the body that God's led me to. I've studied them. So I know that there's, this is the father connection right here from what I've studied. And it's right above the Father connection. I know it's the left side of the body, which is also the Father. Why? Because Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. That makes Father on left. 
And so I asked him, I said, this is a weird question, but did, you, did your father ever make you feel emasculated? He said, why are you asking me that? I said, I don't know. That's the only thing I can find is female. And I know it's right about something pushed you away from your father. It disconnected you from your father. I'm just asking, is it true? Did that happen? He said, when I was a little child, I was sent away. And the person that I was sent away to go to study with was a man. And the man sodomized me. And I never told my dad. I didn't tell my dad because I didn't want to hurt his feelings. And so I felt like it was my daddy's fault, even though it really wasn't his fault. And I never felt close to my daddy the same way ever again. See, everything declares the glory of God. Now, was that the glory of God, meaning like God did that? No, because we misunderstand the word glory. We think the word glory means to give credit to or to worship. That is not what the word glory means. Glory comes from the same word meaning to glow. It means to shine a light on. It means to bring understanding and full perception. G-L-O. W. Let me, let me just write this down if you are writing. Write down G. That's the word gim, the letter Gimel in the Hebrew alphabet. It means the giver. It means one who is charitable, one who loves. So Gimel means one who loves, one who gives. It actually means one who chases you down because you're poor to give to you. That's what the letter G means. L means God. It's the, the Lamed. It's the very center of the Hebrew alphabet. It also means Lamb. Elohim, El Shaddai. So that's the letter L. And the letter O means to perceive. It means to have all knowledge, not half knowledge. See, this letter C is the same as to see. But this letter O means oh. It means I understand, I get it. It means full perception. And then W is a double U. What is the double U? You and God. So to glow means God gives you, through the Lamb, perception when the two of you are one. And it is the glory us. God is glory us. God is glowing in us. He's glorying in us. He's given revelation knowledge in us. Does anybody in here not hear me? Can, are you hearing something you've never heard before? See, I'm speaking in new tongues. Now, do I speak in the Holy Ghost tongues? Yes. But if I speak in that and you don't understand me, I'm just edifying myself. But if I give you the revelation hidden in the Word, in the beginning was the Word, I'm giving you revelation from the Word, within the Word, in the depths of the Word, so that you can see and hear how in all things. 